Welcome to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. Your on-the-go bite of the food and beverage industry. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and with me, as ever, is Kim Berry. Kim is the editor of Food and Drink Business, and she's also the host of this podcast. Kim, how are you doing today? Hi, Grant. I'm very well. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad, despite Melbourne giving its best grey, here comes winter weather. Uh, but you know, I'm, I know that on this recording, I'm not the only one putting up with that. <laughs> well, of course, it's sunny in Sydney, but you know, I'm, we're not going to start. We're not going to start that rivalry, are we? Surely. Oh, please no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm really excited about my um, my interviewees today. I'm talking with two women who are working really hard in an area of our sector, looking at the supply chain and how they can support women in the area, but also uh, really strive to achieve that gender equity in a space that has been male-dominated for a long time. Uh, We're going to be joined by Maggie Pillay, Manufacturing Director for Kellogg's Australia, and Louise Ween from the National Association of Women in Operations, also known as NAWO. We're going to be talking about women being represented in the supply chain and how Kellogg and NAWO are working together to help close that gap in gender balance in the supply chain. Uh, We'll look at their shared vision of men and women being equally represented at every level and how they're working to support women in operational businesses to progress to leadership roles. Uh, Maggie, as I said, is the uh, Manufacturing Director of Kellogg Australia. Her career at the company has spanned over more than 25 years, beginning as a Senior Manager for Quality and Food Safety in Johannesburg in South Africa. She's become one of Kellogg Australia's female leaders, overseeing manufacturing and operations, And she's responsible for ensuring the daily production of iconic cereal brands within the Kellogg portfolio. That's right. If you're eating your cornflakes, you need to say thanks to Maggie. In 2012, she completed a Women in Management course from the Management Consultant International Australia and the Advanced Leadership Program with Women in Leadership Australia in 2019. These have really helped in her progression to becoming one of the key female leaders within Kellogg Australia today. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Louise Ween is the CEO of the National Association of Women in Operations, also known as NAWO. She's a leader and a change maker and a facilitator who has more than 25 years management and leadership experience in large global organisations and also in her consulting practice and indeed now with NAWO for the not-for-profit sector. Her strong passion for women's equality is linked to her desire to see workplaces thrive with inspired, innovative and engaged people. Oh, isn't that everyone's, that's fantastic. <laughs> She's, she worked for BHP and Colgate Palmolive for 16 years in senior HR roles and partnered with the manufacturing and supply chain uh, in, that, in that sort of space. Uh, in 2009, 2010, after her third child, she established her own consultancy called Equilibrium Consulting and, and advises clients in people and cultural strategy. And for the last six years, she's led the not-for-profit, NAWO, as National Director and CEO. Welcome, Louise. Thank you, Kim. So nice to be here. 
See, I told you these women were awesome. Uh, <laughs> Louise, let's just start initially with, um, with NAWO. What is it? Uh, what's its goal? Uh, fill us in. Look, we, we are quite achievers, Kim. We've, um, we've been around for 10 years. So this is actually our 10th birthday year. So we're very excited about that. We're the leading national network for women in operations and we're combining, I guess, a digital um, selection of conversation shifting webinars, uh, networking forums, resources and toolkits and professional development opportunities all within an inclusive multi-industry community of, of industry professionals, basically. Uh, so it's compelling that we're across multiple different industries, not just food and beverage, but mining um, and resources, electricity and gas, um, you know, every single operational industry in Australia. So uh, that was going to be my next question was what actually, what what classifies the operations space? Um, you've You've sort of just explained that then, but just go over it again. Yeah, absolutely. So um, really there's, I guess, eight key industry areas involved in the NAWO membership, manufacturing, uh, supply chain and logistics, um, your mining and resources, uh, the utilities sector, so water, gas, electricity, um, agriculture, of course, which is the huge backbone of Australian uh, operations, but still not as many women in leadership as we'd like to see. Um, and then also in um, warehousing uh, and professional services as well. Um, I think I've covered off everything there with, you know, few, there's so many, there's still a lot more work that needs to be done in IT as well as an in industry, but we haven't sure. quite got membership from that sector yet. Mm. Uh, and if you've been in that role for six years and it's been around for 10, have you seen a lot of change and a lot of progress in that six years or look it, it would be great, great to see more to be honest <laughs> I was just gonna go or is it really you know <laughs> but no um, let's be honest like has it yeah you know has it changed a lot or nowhere near as much as what you'd hope across those eight industries overall representation of women has increased by one percent over the last five years well that's between 2014 and 2019 so we've got overall representation across all of those industries to 28.39 percent so that's how many women you're seeing in those workplaces generally um, in key management positions we've seen a bit more of a, a bit more progress which is great so we've seen a 4.44% increase over that same period. So we're sitting at about 20.68% of key management positions. Now, these are feeder positions. Um, consider that the sort of pool of talent that general management and CEO positions pull from. Um, so, yeah, 20% of the workforce at that key management position is female. And of all of those different sectors, the mining sector has been the biggest overall improver. Um, at 6.4%, followed by um, professional, scientific and technical at 5.6%, and then the sector that Kellogg's would find themselves in, which is manufacturing, at 5.3%. So, yeah, we, there's still a long way to go, Kim, unfortunately. Sure. Mm. And, and Maggie, you're actually, you know, you are now sitting in one of those senior roles. And just just give us a picture about your working life, like, and how, what it's, what it's taken 
to get you to where you are now? So strangely enough, my background is um, quality and food safety, and um, I've I've studied food technology. Uh, started my career with Kellogg's in South Africa in 1994, so almost 27 years ago. Uh, we are of the same vintage. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're Gra- all grandmothers. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> I'll still be on. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, so I started actually uh, in the quality department as uh, a quality supervisor, uh, and uh, over the years moved into a quality manager and into research and development, um, and you know f- feel where it's it's a lot more women in those areas. Um, and then in 2008, uh, I had the opportunity to come to Australia just to do an expat role uh, for 18 months uh, and, you know, the, with the intent of going back home to South Africa. So I came to Australia. And at the end of my 18 months, I was offered uh, a permanent role in, um, in, in the Botany uh, Kellogg cereal plant uh, as a quality and food safety manager. Now, you know, I thought that that was my long-term plan. I'd be in quality and food safety, uh, definitely not in, in manufacturing, heading up a plant. Uh, then in 2016, uh, the production manager uh, resigned uh, and my boss at that time said to me, um, would you like to do a secondment for 12 months? I said, sure, you serious? I don't know anything about manufacturing. He said, well, give it a go. You have all the knowledge in the background. Um, just try it. And I, you know, I think um, I was at the time, I have to admit, I was very nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to try it. It's a secondment. I have my old role to go back to. I have nothing to lose. So I took the leap forward and um, I was in the role for a production manager from 2016 to about uh, 17. Then I became plant manager uh, and at the beginning of last year, um, a manufacturing director. So I have not looked back and I will (laughs) never look back. Uh, Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it and the challenges. So it it was a massive change for me. I think it's worth noting there that that you know there was there was someone you had a, you had a you know a, a boss or someone above you who saw your potential and and gave you that sort of shove in that direction um, and sometimes that seems to be really important that it's that concept of you know from from the top down that if you're not getting that um, that culture and and that um, that attitude. Then, then progress and even employment can be quite challenging. Is that fair, Louise? Look, absolutely. And Maggie's story is such a good one uh, because it highlights how important that kind of sponsorship really is in ensuring that people are pulled through the talent pipeline. Um, but on the flip side, we would love um, women like Maggie to also think of themselves, you know, without having to be pulled up as well because we know that as much as we tell organisations, you know, sponsor women, do the right thing, pull them up, it, it doesn't always happen and nobody, um, you've got to be in charge of your own, you've got to be in the driving seat of your own career and that's what we really try and um, achieve with all of our members at NAWO is really give them the tools that they need to be in the driver's seat. And, I mean, that's... <sighs> I mean, there's so many pieces to that pie, isn't there? As to as to as to why why women 
are not on occasion, um, depending obviously on the on the person, but are not pushing themselves forward or putting their hand up for that for that that leap that might be scary or that isn't that is the the next big sort of step. How as a an industry body do you support women to get that I don't even think it's not even confidence. It's actually reality. Women actually going, well, I'd really, you know, I'd actually be really good at that, or I'd be really good at it. But then, how am I going to pick the kids up from work? And what am I going to do about my aging parent? And but you know, oh, my husband travels a lot for work, or my partner, my partner travels a lot for work, or so. Oh, how do you not get stopped by those things when they've obviously been <laughs> exactly. stopping us for so long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kim, you've hit the nail on the head. You know, um, you can't be what you can't see. And the problem is that in the majority of leadership positions in Australia today, they are held by men and men are doing them in a particular way. Men are doing them by working 48-hour weeks or whatever it is and always being in the office and always having their mobile phones on and and you know, conducting themselves in a very different way because the majority of them also have support processes in place at home, which mean that they're not also carrying the burden of care. 93%, I think, is the statistic of um, primary carers in Australia are female. And so that juggle and mental load is real for very many women. So it's not confidence. Women are very confident. Women are quietly confident in everything they do. And in fact, they're competent as well. Not only are they confident, they're highly competent. But what happens is they look up at the next level and they think, oh my God, you you know, there's no amount of money that would, (laughs) that I would take to work like that and sacrifice everything else. Um, And that's the cultural shift that we've got to start to make. And pleasingly, we're seeing that happen because guess what? Men are now realising that that's not an optimal way for them to work either. The whole concept of the male breadwinner and all of that onus being put on the, the male partner as being the one that has to sacrifice everything to go and work like a slave to the corporate environment is changing rapidly and with each generation we're seeing male talent come through and say, do you know what, I don't want a bar of that either. So companies are really having to start thinking differently about the systems and structures and what work looks like, what those jobs look like, how we do role design of leadership right through to operational level um, in order to attract the best talent, be that women or men. Right. Do you think uh, do you think COVID helped in that regard? Like in terms of making people realise that people could that 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 work didn't have to look like being at your desk for you know eight ten hours, or um, it didn't have to necessarily involve a big long commute. Uh, do you think it's that's played a role at least in maybe we talk about how COVID put everything onto a you know accelerated plan you know consumer trends or um, you know e-commerce that that it jumped forward processes they thought would take that would unfold over the next five to ten years unfolded in six months. Do you think the last sort of twelve months may help in terms of push some of this realization and adaptation along or? Do you think we're just sliding back into how it was? 
I, I can go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Kellogg's has always had what we call our, our K-Flex policy. So, you know, we had, we could ha- work from home once a week or however we chose. But I think what COVID's done, it's actually shown us that, you know, whether you you can locate for your day. So whether you're working at home or working in the office, um, as long as you're productive and, you know, you at the end of the day, all your tasks or whatever you're required to, to get done is done. Uh, and we've heard a lot of women say it's amazing. And not just women. You know, I had a chat with uh, one of my peers the other day and he has uh, a, a, his mum, and, you know, he's a carer. And he says it's so good to work once a day from my mum's house and, and not feel guilty about it because I get the work done. And at the same time, I'm there to care for my mom. Uh, And it's amazing. That's, you know, I hear that across from a lot of people, especially women, you know, trying to juggle their kids and uh, and in supply chain, you know, that's that's key um, for some of our women. And most women don't want to get into supply chain because it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, you need to be on the ground level all all the time. Um, But COVID's taught us we can do both. Definitely. You can locate for your day and get the best done of the day. So... I totally agree that this has changed the world. Wow, that's quite a breakthrough, isn't it? Because I I would have thought that um, my my question to you both was next question was going to be so why are not why are why are there not more women in these operations fields and particularly you know from our point of view looking into manufacturing and supply chain? What are the factors there as to why that's why that's the case? Um, I know we um, recently conducted a um, an internal a survey just to understand because what we found is uh, women in commercial uh, and women in senior management uh, we we have a great gender balance it's about fifty fifty um, but we found that our lowest balance was in sales and supply chain supply chain being as low as like you know, 10, 10, 90. Uh, And we did an internal survey and 85% of the women actually want, you know, to, to, they are career minded, they want to achieve goals, but they're too nervous to take that step forward. And mostly because of the uh, work-life balance, that integration that, you know, Louise was talking about, uh, and, you know, they, they, they tend not to uh, network. They, you know, they, um, they just, they're just nervous about what's going to happen. I mean, I was at that stage as well, where I thought, you know, do I give up my family or, or is it my job? And I've learned that I can balance both. And most women don't really know this until they get into it. Uh, And so I think that's the leap of faith that they all have to take. Yeah, that's a big leap, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So Kim, it just shows the absolute power that um, we have in examples and role models like Maggie, because that is the ultimate marketing to women to show that it is truly possible, that you can pave your own path, that you don't have to do a job the way that the predecessor predecessor did it, uh, that there's multiple ways um, to a successful outcome in these leadership roles. And Maggie's a perfect example of that. And I think Kellogg's are also a great example of an organisation who are championing these role models um, and championing the pipeline of female talent coming through. Yeah. Talk to us about that, Maggie. What does I mean, there will be plenty of people listening to this who perhaps 
have, you know, a, a culture in their workplace that is not as um, focused on equity. What do you think it is about Kellogg's that's setting it apart? What's it, what's its the culture look like in a company like that? I think Kellogg's is a company with heart and soul and, you know, it's a company that dry, is driving diversity and inclusion. Um, one of our biggest goals, firstly, is by 2025 to have a 50-50 uh, gender balance, especially at senior management level. And so proud to say that we're already at 40-60, which is, you know, absolutely great from a journey perspective. Um, and then, you know, we're on a journey where we're now trying to get, uh, you know, other women uh, that are not in senior management to get that gender balance as well. And some of the work that we're doing is um, we have a, a community called Women of Kellogg's, uh, and I'm so proud that I'm part of that Women of Kellogg team uh, within the region. So it's a global, it's regional, and we have a local uh, Women of Kellogg uh, at each um uh, business unit. So what this um, community or this team does, and it's gender balance, we have male, male and female on the, uh, on the team, uh, and basically looking at how we can uh, have more diversity and inclusion uh, and different programs that uh, support both men and women. Um, and one of the things that we've done this year is we've got a program called Evolve. So we're doing two things. One is obviously uh, partnering with NAO, which is excellent. And the other one is uh, we're partnering with a company called Bridge Consultancy, uh, where we have a program called Evolve. And it's basically looking at women in supply chain and sales uh, that actually want to grow their career. And this program is, is about six months and it helps women grow their career through coaching and mentoring, networking, uh, podcasts, uh, you know, things to help them uh, improve the career, get sponsorships and have a voice at the table because I mean at the end of the day we all want a voice and a seat at the table uh, and this this we've actually picked kicked off that program this year uh, and there's quite a few other platforms as well that you know uh, we've been using um, you know to support women uh, with the careers um, like I told you earlier on, we got the K-Flex policy. Uh, we even, uh, this year, Kellogg Australia has uh, actually, uh, and, uh, and uh, Louise can touch on this, she was on a, a panel last week uh, when we launched our International Women's Day, uh, where uh, we actually, um, you know, introduced NAO as well as uh, the Parental Hub. So we have a... Um, a K-Connect portal with a parental hub uh, where you can go in and there's there's all sorts of uh, platforms um, to access, platforms for with podcasts to help you with uh, caring for your kids, caring for, um, you know, your aged or uh, elderly parents. Uh, there's tips and hints and, uh, you know, a great community to touch bases with when, you know, when you're feeling down and out and how you can support one another. Um, and um, for Easter, we've just launched um, another platform where, um, you know, for kids to, Kellogg kids to go online and have a, a virtual, uh, you know, virtual um, networking. They have all kinds of, um, you know, um, playful stuff that they can do while the parents are working. Um, so, um, you know, quite a di uh, diverse um <laughs> Range. Of <laughs> <I was just laughs> <going>. programs. <laughs> yeah, quite a yeah. diverse I think, programs. Um, 
Mm. I think one of the things that really comes across there is resources and accessible resources because with any sort of career progression, you need to upskill and and not just in the actual sort of tangibles of the job, but also in things like your interpersonal skills and your leadership skills. And it strikes me, Louise, that even if, if an organisation like Kellogg's is, is offering those within the workplace, it gives women who are juggling myriad life and work aspects, it gives them much greater ability to get those skills um, to then help their progression. Is that fair? Because often I imagine, like I, you know, looked in, personally have looked into other sort of training or advancement or um, management programs and they're cost prohibitive. Like there's no way I could afford to do any of those things. Well, it can be time prohibitive, um, again, particularly for women. You know, we know that um, Women generally spend less time networking than men. They spend less time on their professional development than men. Um, and again, it's all linked to the, to what we've already spoken about. Um, but what NAWO tries to do, and um, Maggie's example of the the women in Kellogg group and how that um, I guess plays out internally for Kellogg. NAWO is like that amplified. So we're across multiple industries um, with men and women coming together to network digitally around topics that will actually um, give you that professional development in kind of micro learning opportunities, if you like. So we, we know that that's going to be the best way for people to grab pieces of really useful, tangible information. And we've got some frameworks to help people around that, five learning priorities for, for women in their careers, which are increasingly becoming adopted by the men in our community as well as being really useful. Um, so they're things like um, business and technical acumen, um, our leading inclusively, so building and leading diverse teams, just managing your effectiveness overall, so including well-being um, and all of the aspects of looking after yourself and taking care of yourself to have the best performance possible. So these are all really important but really hard for us to get if we're trying to get them in large chunks. So what NAWO tries to do is bring real people to the table talking about those skills, what they do, how they've developed them. And again, with the role modelling component, it just gives you all of it sort of encapsulated in our events in one place. So it's real people from operations talking about those skill areas in specific event sort of format that people can log into now digitally, thank you, COVID, um, and come and attend whenever they want. In fact, they can attend on demand as well. So if they get caught up in something in their work day and they can't get along, they can um, log on later. So, yeah, professional development is really important. The other aspect to what we do is the NAWO mentoring program, which is hugely successful. We've got 113 mentees participating in our program this year with 63 volunteer mentors from operations. So these are all operational people from multiple levels mentoring all of these other people across the country. It's spectacular. How long do they stay in that program or are they, once they're a mentor, once that relationship's there, it's it stays in place? 
it's there, hopefully. Yeah, we hope that those relationships, you know, really build and grow beyond the formal NAWO program. But the, the NAWO program itself, there's two streams. You can join a circle, which is a circle of like-minded um, women who are mentored by either a woman or a man um, over seven 90-minute sessions across six months. Or you can take the one-on-one path if you're, if you're more comfortable with that. You can get a one-on-one mentor for three 90-minute sessions. Um, and then what you do with that is totally up to you. In fact, our little mentoring circle networks become a beautiful cohort in themselves in terms of lifting each other up, supporting each other, being there for one another through all kinds of things. Um, and the mentors always come to me and say, Louise, I think I learnt more than my mentees. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, this is, oh, there's so much to be said about people feeling like they're in isolation. And, it, and, and you know, if you're, in, if you're in a workplace and you don't, you know, you, you don't, you feel like you couldn't do that for whatever reason, uh, this sense of a community, building a community, whether it's through a mentorship or those groups or what Kellogg's doing, that strike me as just so vital for not just, um, you know, the advancement or, you know, to get greater gender equity, but even just for the for creating a nice place to be, you know, <laughs> for creating a good, healthy community. <laughs> like Yes. Mm, yes, indeed. No, it's just uh, I say yes, I have to call out like I have a woo, prayer moment when you say that because culture culture is everything. It's it's every little micro aspect of what happens in a workplace every single day that results in whether people stay or go, whether good people stay or go. And, um, you know, it's really with the climate that we're seeing in, the, you know, the media at the moment and there's a lot of talk about culture and what's wrong with culture. But I can tell you that companies like Kellogg's and a lot of the other member companies of NAWO are doing a lot of things right with culture in contrast to what we're seeing in the media. And these are the real, you know, making sure you don't walk past behaviour that's out of line with the values of the organisation and having the skills to be able to actually call that out in a way that doesn't create conflict small things that make a big difference, providing women with uniforms that fit and are comfortable and that they don't feel like they're, you know, bending their bodies into male hard yakka gear. Small things that make a huge difference for making people feel that they belong, that they're part of something, that they're part of a community and a network. Oh, I think we just end there. That's just fantastic. <laughs> I think um, you know what you just said is exactly right. There are a lot of there are a lot of things that are really wrong at the moment. There are things that we are all you know really struggling to process and grapple with. Um, but there are a lot, as you said, who are really at the forefront and doing a lot of things right. And I, I think let's give more oxygen to those like we have today. Mm. Absolutely. And, um, and build them up and shout them from the rooftops so others go, oh, they can do it. Why don't we just try that part of it and boomf and off we go. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, has just, it has just been an absolute delight. It's been so great talking to you, Maggie and Louise. I really appreciate your time today. I, 
also really hope that people who are listening take something away from this. Head to Nawo's website or talk to, you know, talk about it within their teams, share it with other women in operations and really let's let's use this to help manufacture that change. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Well, thank you, ladies. This has been uh, quite an interesting uh, topic to go go through, very topical at the moment, but also uh, reinforces the value of uh, guidance, mentorship and role models. And with that, we'll uh, wrap this episode. Thank you very much for once again joining us and listening in to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. And uh, we'll be back in the not too distant future with another great episode. Thank you. You've been listening to the Food and Drink Business Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Food and Drink Business, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Food and Drink Business, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact us via our website or send an email to editor at foodanddrinkbusiness.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's food and beverage industry at foodanddrinkbusiness.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.